Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I'm here with Diane. Diane's actually a part of the Inspire Women community and she applied to be on the podcast and I was super excited because we have known each other through the interwebs of, you know, Facebook groups and all sorts kind of things. So Diane is a native Texan, proud naval aviator wife, mom of two kiddos and nomadic entrepreneur. Diane embraces this nomad life. As a family, she has moved all over the country, gathering memories and friends. These places and people are her inspiration. Nomadic Nation isn't just another military gear shop. Nomadic Nation strives to encourage personal pride in military service members and their significant others or dependents. Involved in every day in the community, Nomadic Nation uses personal experiences to create positive and uplifting gifts. And I follow Nomadic Nation on Instagram and I love seeing all the fun stuff that comes up. But when Diane applied to be part of the podcast, she had something very unique that we haven't talked about yet that she wanted to share with us. So Diane, tell us a little bit about what you want to share. So um, ADD, I know you like talking about people's specific struggles and how that all works uh, just in your daily life and dealing with it as an adult. So um, I was originally diagnosed with ADD when I was five. And we're not talking like, oh yeah, I have trouble remembering to do things. Um, This is, (laughs) it's a legit struggle remembering to uh, load the dishwasher. I I will get totally off track while doing any number of things. And uh, over time it also linked up and has uh, a very special relationship with depression as well. And it's, is, a a crazy cycle that just feeds itself. So um, it's, it's an exciting journey to be in my head. (laughs) (laughs) So when you were a kid, what kind of struggles did you have growing up with ADD? Um, Did your parents put you on medication? Um, What happened there? Where are you? Because a lot of times people will think ADD or ADHD, they're like medication, that's their automatic go-to. What was it like for you as a kid? So, you know, I started um, on medication in first grade, and I've been on several different, or I was on several different medications throughout my school years, uh, trying to figure out the right combination of, uh, to offset what was going on in my brain. And some of them worked, a lot of them didn't. (laughs) And it took a long time to really find the right balance. And I'll be honest, I don't think I really achieved that balance uh, until adulthood. Um, it, it really was a struggle going through school, trying to pay attention in class. And if you had to read anything for class, I would have to read it at least three times minimum to try and grasp whatever I was supposed to be getting out of the material. So it just, it took a lot, a lot of effort to get through all of school and college. And I knew what I wanted to do 
and, um, you know, you have to go to college to, you know, dominate the business world. <laughs> so I very specifically chose a small uh, private school so that I'd have the opportunity to go in and seek out my professors and build those relationships with them so that I could actually get through college um, without totally losing my mind. And a lot of people would see that as like, I'm not going to go to college because I struggled so long in school that I'm just not even going to bother at this point in time. So we should all be applauding you for deciding I'm going to do it anyways and kick ass because that's pretty awesome. So since you've been an adult, how did you find that balance? What did, what helped you figure out how you could use your ADD as a strength and not see it as something that's going to hinder you? Yeah. I will be completely honest with you. It really took um, totally crashing a few years ago, just really kind of spiraling to a really bad place. And um, the help of my incredible husband and my family and close friends to be like, okay, what can we do to help get you on track and seeking out professional help, going and talking with a number of doctors and a therapist and working to build uh, an actual sanity plan, right? Something that we were all striving for so that before my husband and I and our family returned back to fleet life where things just get really nuts, mm -hmm. that we had all of the tools in place to help me cope with all the juggling that we do um, not just as an entrepreneur, but as a mom in the onslaught of crazy questions that your kids are throwing at you every five seconds <laughs> and, um, and military life and juggling Murphy's law at every turn. So, uh, that involved going to counseling and my therapist was like, you know what? I really think we need to address this ADD issue. So I, I think that, um, we just need to see where you are as an adult. You know, I know you were tested as a kid, but it's been a long time. Let's just see mm -hmm. where you are. And I was like, okay, you know, why not? Uh, and come to find out on the spectrum that they have in their testing from ADD, I am quite literally off the scale. Wow. Uh, on, on the farthest possible end of, I don't know how you function. So... Uh, that was good to know. It was helpful for my husband to a very logical thinker who needs concrete information to be like, okay, I, he could then understand me better and mm -hmm. what was going on and have a, a real basis for understanding the struggles that I have in just processing information. So yeah. putting all of that into perspective. And luckily I had an amazing therapist who uh, really helped me uh, develop a positive thought process around ADD and all of the crazy that we deal with in this um, military life and entrepreneurial things. And he's like, I'm impressed. He was like, I don't think I've ever met anyone. I don't think I've ever seen anyone who is as high functioning in so many capacities as you are running two businesses with two children and military life and your husband's career and an impending move and all of these things. He's like, he's like, scientifically, you're 
there's really no explanation because <laughs> you're not on medication. So I can see why it's really been a huge struggle for you. It's obvious. He was like, but that's a testament to sheer willpower. He was like, you have willed yourself to do these things. And it is by willpower, you know, that is your strength. It is like your willpower and your creativity. And uh, one of my biggest concerns when they bring up medication is I know that I was like totally zonked out mm -hmm. when I was younger and it really messed with my personality. And I, I like my personality. I like being upbeat and happy and I didn't want to lose that. Um, so I was like, well, I mean, do we really have to do this? And are you sure? sure and they assured me that medications have come a long way and we have cracked the code on the perfect combination of antidepressants and um, ADD meds that allow me to continue to have my personality but allow me to function at a better <laughs> rate than I was which is great because as hard as this ADD thing is in my head for functioning in daily life, it is incredible for creativity right? because I can, ideas just flow in a totally different way and I can see things and hear things and do things in a different way. Um, and I've learned to embrace that versus trying to create a very specific method, which, you know, can actually, hurt creativity. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see how it would be very beneficial to have all those ideas popping in your head and everything like that. But I can also see where it might be a struggle to implement because there might be a lot of different ideas. And now you're like, no, this one, no, that one. Oh, pretty thing. Oh, shiny. Look it. I mean, I don't mean that that's me. And I don't no, even, I've no, never been, is. I've never been diagnosed with ADD, but I'm like, Oh, that's nice. Oh, let's do that now. No, that one. Oh, no, that's yeah. great. And so I just have had to learn that I have to sit down and just implement one thing at a time. What have you learned to help you be able to, to harness that creativity to actually be able to implement upon it? I, I will say that hiring an incredible team to help me build my business um, when hiring people, not only am I looking for people that are in line with our vision and what we're doing, but they're highly organized. They are very focused people. So, you know, my social media manager is amazing. Mm -hmm. And when we have our meetings and I'm like throwing all these ideas at her, she's like, Diane, you're getting squirreled. Like <laughs> just, just focus. We're going to, she was like, look at your agenda, put your finger on what we're talking about. Don't move it until we move on to the next one. And for some people, you know, I mean, I suppose technically I'm like her boss, which is still such a weird thing to me that I'm even managing <laughs> people, but that's what I need. Mm -hmm. And she knows that I need that. And she knows that nomadic nation needs that, that if we're going to grow as a business, um, my assistants have to be able to do that with me and hold me accountable. Um, they do that with me and trying to keep the office clean because uh, it messes them up if I have 17 different projects going on, which of course we do because we make a million different things. Uh, but they're like, you have to put things away. This is where things belong. You've got to do this. Just having people help hold me accountable and they can put the systems in place. Mm -hmm. They're great at that. It's a huge strength of theirs, um, and I'm incredibly thankful to have them by my side to help 
help me navigate all of this in our ever-growing business. So you have a support team in your business. Does your spouse also, when he's home, obviously, because that's all the time, just kidding. (laughs) Is he he able to uh, connect with you in that way to be able to help you kind of like bring the squirrel shiny things in? Like Uh, we need to do this. Part of the the sanity plan that we developed uh, when speaking with a therapist and such was that I have to have several different points of contact to really help gauge um, where I am and how I'm doing and that it's really important to have not just phone relationships, but relationships with people who are actually nearby who Mm -hmm. can tell how I'm really doing, not just how they perceive me to be through the internet where everything is always all happy and great, but people who can see me in person and be like, okay, are you doing all right? Like, how are you really doing? Because you look like you're, you know, starting to head in the wrong direction. So one of those people is my incredible trainer because working out uh, as much as I hate it, I really, I do not enjoy working out (laughs) at all, but I do love that it brings me incredible focus. So um, I love what she's done for um, my mental health in that capacity. I love that we've built a friendship as well, that she can tell if I'm not like making weird noises and goofing off and complaining while working out, that my head is somewhere else and I've got other things going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Developing, you know, just good relationships reliable friends. As much as I love connecting, um, because I'm an extreme, extreme extrovert. (laughs) I want to be with all the people all the time. I want to collect all the friends and have these magical relationships. And you know, that might be the person at the grocery store. I'm like, let's have a conversation. (laughs) Um, But really dialing it back a little and like, these people I really connect with. And we're going to be together for the long haul and making sure that they know all of me, not just the person that is presented to the world. That's so important. And I always say it's quality over quantity, right? Because it would be nice to collect all the friends and have all the friends all over the place. But the problem lies is when we do that, we aren't creating these like in-depth connections. Exactly. We're, we're not, you know, we don't have these people who truly understand who we are. And I've actually made it a point this year that there's about five people um, locally that I make it a point every single month to reach out to them and try to uh, do something in person with them. And it's not always does it work out. Some months don't work out for them where it works out for me. Um, but we, we attempt that because those connections are so important. And especially when we have struggles going on, we need those people to be like, wake up, like, come on, you, you get with it. Um, so have you found that sometimes making friends is hard because they can't quite understand what's going on with you or has it not been an issue at all? You know, I think there's a struggle just with most military spouses in general with the constant moving. I mean, if you're, mm-hmm. you have to restart every time. I think I've reached a point now where we've been in this life for so long that there's nowhere 
we can go that we won't know people. Yeah. So it's easier at this point, but it certainly has been a struggle to um, be thrown into a new place and navigating all the new things. And like, I just need a person. How do I find yeah. my person? You know, that one person that I can call and rely on for anything at any time, whether it's, oh crap, I forgot to fill up the gas tank and now we're on the side of the road without gas and my husband's gone and whatnot. All of these crazy things because the crazy things always happen. So, um, you know, I just branch out. So my husband being a naval aviator, we automatically are connected to a squadron. So, mm -hmm. and essentially our, our people are handed over on a silver platter. Yeah. speaking. Sometimes you connect with everyone. Sometimes you don't, but at least there's a jumping off point. Uh, our church community, we always try and find uh, a solid community outside of the military to so help important. some balance. Um, because if your entire community is military, you're all going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So having other people that kind of help bring you back to what else is happening in the world and are able to give you a different kind of support has been huge as well. Yeah. And I always stress that to any military spouses I work with. I'm like, you need friends that are not military spouses because like you said, you're all going through the same thing. And sometimes you get resentful. Sometimes you see that person who's like, I just talked to my husband on Facebook Messenger. And I'm like, I can only email my husband. Exactly. Like, how is this even fair? And then you get resentful and you try not to be, but then you're like, I really am. So you need those friends that you can hang out with that you're not going to talk to the military. And sometimes you need a break from it. Sometimes I just don't want to talk about what the military life is like, or what my spouse does. And luckily I have military spouse friends who are like me. They want to talk about their business. They want to talk about whatever, but sometimes you just need a break. Yes, absolutely. Sometimes you just want to talk about like stupid TV shows or mm -hmm. what you're reading or what dumb stuff your kids are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Having those mom friends when you're a mom can be really important, but I have to have specific mom friends. So I'm the type of mom that I don't want to have play dates and that's just me. I want to like drink wine and talk about how horrible our kids are. Uh, so <laughs> I have to have those mom friends that aren't like, okay, let's always hang out with our kids. You know, I don't mind once in a while, but like for the most part, I just don't want to with the mom friends that can understand that I spy around my kids and that I'm just like one of those like hands off moms. Cause sometimes you get around mom friends who are like very judgy and I'm just like, whoa, Whoa, I've been a mom for 15 years. I think I have something. I think I might know yeah. a thing or two. <laughs> absolutely. You've got to find your people. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you said that, you know, each time you move, you, you find these people through either through, like you said, your husband's squadron or through your church or, you know, just meeting them wherever. And that's a great, great way. And a lot of people hesitate because they're like, what if they don't like me? Well, what if you find that person who does like you and that are your people? Like at my husband's current command, I've only found one of the wives that I get along with, you know, but like at his one before that, I had like five of them. So like yeah. just trying it out and figuring it out along the way is important. So we, we're talking about kids. Do you ever find that it, it's a struggle for you when you're interacting with your children um, because of your ADD? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And that is probably one of my biggest struggles to 
not just completely shut down because there are times when they are screaming at each other and they are Mm -hmm. screaming at me about screaming at each other. And it's just, it's all in my face. And I look quite literally will just close my eyes and Mm -hmm. cringe. I'm like, just make it stop. I can't, I can't even function. I can't move forward. I can't make it stop. Um, So for me, (laughs) uh, that really has forced me to adjust my parenting and my interaction with my kids so that we don't get to that point. Mm -hmm. And my kids are total maniacs. (laughs) Our our family motto is absolute insanity. And we truly live into that each and every day. My husband and I are both super type A. And so we breed little type A crazy people. So it just, it's taken a lot of work on my part so that I can function with them because, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I just want to go sit in a closet, um, not in the bathroom because they'll always find you in the bathroom, but (laughs) you've got a better chance of getting, you know, just a few minutes to gather yourself. Or sometimes I'll just say, you know, mommy needs a timeout. Mm -hmm. I just going to have to tap out here for a minute, try not to kill each other and give myself a minute to pull myself together and figure out the best way to handle whatever crazy they're throwing at me. Yeah. I'm a big fan of mommy timeouts. Like my, my bedroom is my safe space. Like they're not allowed in my bedroom. They're not allowed in my bedroom at all. Like not to look for anything. Like you don't open my door. My door is always closed because it's my sanctuary. It's the place, one place in the house that I know that I can go to that they can't get me. <laughs> if I go to the bathroom, even if I go to take a shower, somebody's got to go to the bathroom. Somebody's got to get something out of the bathroom. I never, I, I get so frustrated because I'm like, can I just please have like my shower time to myself? But I can't because we live in a tiny house with way too many people and everybody's got to get something, do something, whatever. And I'm just like, if I hear the word mommy one more time, I'm going to scream. Can we stop? So it's those times that I'm just like, okay, I'm just going in my room to breathe. If you bother me, that's going to be really bad news for you. Uh, And so they know if I'm in my room, unless somebody's like bleeding or the house is burning down, do not bother me. It's just, it's, it's my area. So how have you been able to explain to your children what's going on with you? Have you talked to them about it? We've talked with them some about it. Um, you know, my kids are eight and five, so my daughter can understand things a little bit more. And for a time, we wondered if she too had ADD or ADHD, but it wasn't really affecting her in the same way. So like, all she really needs is... Um, you know, someone to redirect her mm-hmm. and some essential oils and she's good. Yeah. Just calm her down a little bit. Um, so I'll be honest. It's just a little difficult to explain to them. Mommy literally can't understand you. You've got to slow down. You've got to chill out. Um, my husband can see me starting to freak out at times. And he's like, back off, just give mommy some room or 
I am right here. I'm literally standing right here. <laughs> Just ask me for what you need. And they look at him like he's crazy. Like, why would we ask you for something? Um, I think it's something that we'll continue to address a little bit more as they get older and they can understand. I feel like my five-year-old just be like, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's just another button I can push. I don't, I don't want to give them ammo. Yeah. Right. Um, my son, I actually, I'm really good friends with his preschool teacher. And I asked her, I'm like, do you think Cameron has like ADHD or something like that? Because I don't want to diagnose him, but the, the boy has complete like shiny object syndrome, like where he's just like, <gasps> and then when you're talking to him, he's got like a hundred different things going on in the story where you barely can keep up with him. But like you said, with your daughter, it doesn't affect like him, like in school or anything like that. If anything, if he has more creativity because he has all these different things coming. So as long as she even said the same thing, she's like, unless one of his teachers expresses that it's affecting him at school she's like no she's like just let him let him be I'm like all right I'm, I'm good with that that works for me too because I I you know I feel like sometimes people are so quick to like my children are very hyperactive so they I need to put them on this medication where that's way different than what's going on with you so can you yeah. can you explain that to the difference between because people are like oh on my kid my kid um is she's all over the place she's doing all these different things versus what is actually going on with with you with your diagnosis so one thing that is a little difficult now is that um, apparently all ADD is on the spectrum of ADHD they've just completely mm -hmm. relabeled it which I personally take a little bit of issue with because I don't think I've ever necessarily been hyperactive mm -hmm. per se like upbeat and happy and peppy but not just constantly moving. Yeah. Um, so for me, honestly, when I look at my kids, like, yeah, my kids have energy. They're kids. Mm -hmm. If I can direct that energy some way, whether creatively or physically, then they're fine. You know, I think a lot of people just have trouble figuring out how to direct their own energy or mm -hmm. direct their children's energy. And, um, you know, and I've got a ton of tools that I use and I just, I have a list. I'm like, okay, we're going to try this. And if that doesn't work, then we'll do this. Then we'll do this. Then we'll do this because they just want to move. They just want to yeah. be creative, but they can sit and they can focus. And I can see that because when I task them with something like a creative project or if they're working on their homework, they are able to do it. And that's a different thing versus, um, me forgetting that I'm loading the dishwasher while I'm loading the dishwasher because I get another idea in my head and I think, oh yeah, I was going to do that. And then I walk off and it mm -hmm. never even occurs to me that I need to go back and fill the dishwasher or that I need to like move laundry over or do all of these little things because while I'm doing all these little tasks, all of these other things are popping up in my head and I just drop what I'm doing and move on to the next thing. So how do you stay on? I love how you differentiated that is if your child can't 
focus. Like if they can't, if you give them something, a task and they can't focus, that's a problem. Now, obviously we don't want them to focus for like five hours. They're little children. They can't do that. Yeah, or, or the parent. I mean, if you can get 10 minutes of focus on something, I feel like you're doing pretty good with small kids, you know, 30 when they're older. So I just, I tap into what they need. I have figured out what my kids need and it's a lot of go noodle and <laughs> you know cosmic kids yoga and my kids love to create stuff out of recycling so i'm like sure whatever here's a bin just go for it you want to make a rocket make a rocket i think so many times parents just like want their kids to be quiet and sit still and that's just not part of child nature. So I think that's why they automatically go to like the ADHD or ADD like diagnosis. They're thinking there must be something wrong with them because they can't sit for three hours quietly. No, because they're children. They can't sit for three hours quietly. Even their teachers know that. I mean, teachers have these things in the classroom. I mean, that's where I learned about Go Noodle. So because the, the teachers know you cannot ask five-year-olds or six-year-olds to sit. Yeah. And not move. And if they're getting antsy, then you need to have a way to direct their movement so that then they can get back on task. Yeah. Like, fine. You need stuff in your hands. Great. We're, we're they can grab craft stuff. Like, you want to do a play doh? No problem. It's so you there. you have your your people that help you in business stay focused, and your spouse when he's around does his best to help you stay focused. But when he's not around, like we mentioned earlier, he's in the military. How are you able to get back to that task, like the dishwasher that you're in the middle of unloading and then you forget that and you go someplace else? Oh, yeah. No, it literally just took me three days to unload the dishwasher. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. It really, it took me three days to unload the dishwasher because I would just do the silverware and then I would walk away and it would be open. So it's an obstacle in the kitchen and I just keep looking past it. Um, we just keep moving and eventually it'll all get done. I remember to feed my kids and bathe them and we get to laundry and stuff. Eventually I just keep us alive. <laughs> it sounds like you give yourself a lot of grace. Like, Hey, this is, this is how life is. This is how I function. And it's okay if I, it takes three days for me to unload the dishwasher, it'll get done. Yeah. I mean, the important things will happen. I, I know that about myself. It is important. I will make room for it. If it's not important, and I'll be honest, like dusting just isn't a real high priority for me. For it's me either. Not. I'm not good at cleaning house. Um, so if that means that I have to like, invite people over for a happy hour or to come swim or something so that I have a reason to clean my house, then I'll do that every so often and we'll get the house good and clean. But otherwise, it is what it is. We live here. I've got small children and a busy life. We'll get it done. It'll be fine. Oh my God. I hate cleaning. It's like the worst thing ever. I really like, I had to force myself and my husband was brought up in like a, no, my mom is very much a, a, a cleaner and so is my sister. So I can't say I wasn't brought up like this. They don't know how I ended up the way I am because they're even like stress cleaners. They get stressed out and they clean. I get stressed out and I sit on the couch and watch Netflix and eat food. That's what I do. Um, but they're cleaners. And my husband was brought up where, you know, his house is always neat and tidy and clean. And then he marries me and I'm just like, I do my best. Oh, yeah. My husband's totally <laughs> given up on me. 
I mean, he would love to have like a neat and tidy house. And honestly, I would too. I love a clean house. I just can't do it. Yeah. I, I could make the choice to spend my time doing that, but I would rather play with my kids. True. I would rather, you know, create things with them or play with action figures or swim in the pool and have a good time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really about priorities when it comes down to it. And I think all of us at some point in time have like these things where we aren't as focused. Like I am definitely a shiny objects person. I'm like, Ooh, that's pretty. And I'm completely forget what I'm doing. Don't show me pretty things when I'm trying to do anything. That's why if I am like working on schoolwork, my phone's on do not disturb mode. Everybody's got to be quiet. My husband's got to be quiet. The children have to be quiet. Everybody has to be quiet because otherwise I'll lose my focus really easy. But once I can sit down and actually like, like if I can sit down without any distractions, I'm good. But it's those distractions that I just get. I'm like, oh, 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 hi. How are you? What are you doing? Hi, cat. What are you doing? My cats are the worst because when I'm trying to do something, they're hopping on me and that we knew have a new kitten and he's all cuddling on me and purring. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to get something done. The cat. Yeah. Yeah. So cute. So cute. But I, I love how that you have made these differentiators so everybody can be aware so they're not. You know, I just had a friend who came to me the, I would say last month and she goes, you know what my therapist pointed out to me? And I was like, what's that? She's like, I have ADHD. And I was like, I could see that. I could totally see that. Like, yeah, I can, I can totally see how like that would be something. But now that she knows she can work with it and she knows like, this is what I have to do to be able to function. And if I don't do it this way, then guess what? Now I'm going to be over here and not doing what I need to do. So exactly. I, I think like you, you know, you've learned what you need to do to help you be able to accomplish what you need to, the important tasks, the ones that are important to you. Um, so what are some of the things that you could share if somebody's out there listening is like, I think I might have adult ADD or I do have adult ADD. I know I have been diagnosed with it. What are some things that have really helped you be able to work on those strengths and be able to make time for those important things? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're questioning whether you have ADD or not, I feel like I'm very open about having ADD so that people mm -hmm. know what to expect when they're going to have a conversation with me. Um, so a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I have trouble with that too. Okay, you can't self-diagnose something like this. No. You've got to speak with a doctor, um, and they'll probably recommend that you see a therapist. I love therapists. Me um, too. For so many reasons, but they've, I've had many throughout the years. Every time we move, you know, you get a new relationship. Um, but the tools that they've given me and just the reminders, because is, I've been battling this my entire life, but I still need those reminders mm -hmm. to make a list, you know, to do these things that I need to eat yeah. um, regularly and I need to make good food choices and working out is good for my focus. So you've got to do that. So I hired a trainer. I know personally, I'm not going to make myself go to the gym. I won't do it. I just won't be like, no, there's other things to do at home. I would rather work because I love what I do. Mm -hmm. So I would rather be at home creating things than at the gym or going to a class. As much as I love workout classes, I just know I won't do that. 
So for me, it's hiring a trainer so that I have someone that I'm being held accountable to. Like I'm paying her, I will show up. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and, you know, building a, a support structure and really, truly giving yourself grace. Be like, there are things I can do. There are things I cannot do. Just identify what you're capable of accomplishing. And if you can't do it, let it go. Eventually you might be able to, you know, we all get stronger uh, with, you know, each little step forward. You can just handle more. So there are a million things I can handle today that I, there's no way I could have handled 10 years ago. So yeah. just building on those tools and developing those strengths. I love how you put that, that, you know, we talked about grace earlier and that we have to be really realistic and not just for people who have ADD, but for all of us that we think that we're super people and that we can yeah. do all of the things all at the same time. And, and we're only human. We can't do all of them. <laughs> no, you're, you're going to have to make compromises. You're going to have to give stuff up. And so my house is not going to look like a pottery barn catalog. Not going to happen. My kids are not going to be perfectly dressed. I'm going to be lucky if my daughter looks like her hair is brushed. Yeah. She's clean. She's well-fed. She's healthy. She's happy. Uh, you know, we're good. My son is a clean freak, so I don't have to worry about him. He's going to take <laughs> care of himself and probably the rest of us. He's the trash captain for the house. If you have little people that are like that, you know, use it. They want to help. If they want order, allow them to do that. <laughs> I always say you have to pick your battles. I do that with my kids. Like they dress themselves in the morning because I just realized it was too much stress for me to make sure they're perfectly dressed as long as it's weather appropriate, right? I'm not yeah. going to let them wear shorts when it's like negative five degrees outside. But as long as weather appropriate, I don't care if it matches. I don't care what's going on as long as there's not a hole in the crotch of their pants. Like do whatever because I just don't have the bandwidth and the capacity to fight with my children over clothes every day. As oh, long as absolutely. my teen daughter's not walking out with all of her butt cheeks hanging out of her shorts, we're good. Like whatever, wear what you want. And some days I have to say, no, you're not wearing that outside this house. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, you can't wear a tiara to school. It's distracting. But if you want to wear clashing mismatched clothes, whatever, you're good. Yes. So choose your battles. Choose your battles. I think that's for everybody. Everybody listening needs to know. Just choose your battles. Whether you're a mom or just a, a human being in, in general, just know that you can't do all of the things and you do have to choose your battles. Like this is what I'm going to do today and, and, and just be okay with that. Or maybe today I need a mental health break and be okay with that too. Yeah. Some days, you know, I just, I can't get things done. I can't get my head where it needs to be to be able to be productive. And at that point, I just have to lean in and be like, okay, all right. Um, I'm not going to ship orders today. That's okay. What I need to do is like take a nap mm -hmm. and give myself a chance to refuel. Otherwise I'm just going to crash and then I can't help anyone. Right. So we are getting to the end of the podcast. If there's something that we didn't talk about or something that you would like to let the audience know, if you could leave them with one thing, what would that, what would you want them to know? Uh, honestly, just give yourself the grace to, you know, <laughs> to do what you can, 
You know, you can't do everything and that's okay. It really is. We're all going to be fine. If you need help, ask for it. Be brave enough to ask for the help you need. So many people put themselves out there and say, Hey, if you ever need anything, let me know. And you, we don't take people up on those offers, but they are sincere. You know, you know, when people are making those sincere offers to you. So if you need help, take people up on it. I have absolutely taken friends up on help cleaning my house or getting ready for moves or watching my kids, you know, and they're happy to do it the same way I am happy to do it. Right. I love that. I love that you said that because I have a lot of people who will say, I want to start a podcast. And I'm like, if you need help, I'll help you. I mean, I won't start it for you, but I'll help you. And nobody ever takes me up on that. And then I, I see them later, like, why haven't you started your podcast yet? Well, I don't know what I'm doing. I can help you. Yes, I have been exactly. doing this for a year and a half now. <laughs> But yeah, so ask for that help. It's really important. A lot of times we're afraid people are going to say no, but you know, the worst that they could do is say no. The best thing they could do is say, yeah, absolutely. And it's more likely that people are going to say, absolutely. I, I do want to help you out. They, I, I do want to give you a hand. And especially if they're close to you, if they're friends and people that know you, I, yeah. um, I reach out, I, I reach out all the time in the inspired women community and ask for help for different things or ask for opinions and stuff like that. And the worst thing that's ever happened is nobody's ever respond, but that, that hardly ever happens. Yeah. People are always there to help. I mean, I feel like inherently we want to help other people, mm -hmm. you know, at least most of us have a, a solid group of people around us. And even if they're not able to help in that moment, they'll like, I can't do that now, but here's when I can. And maybe you can just adjust, yeah. you know, Semper Gumby, just allow um, things to flex. Yeah. Always flexible. Yes. I, uh, I had to say this to a friend of mine. She called me and she asked like, can you do something tomorrow night? And mind you, last minute plans give me high anxiety. I'm very much a planner. And so like, if somebody calls me and says, can you, are you busy tomorrow night? I'm like, I'm not, but I should be. I don't know what's going on here. Ah. <laughs> um, and I, I actually was, my husband had been working the, the, like he had duty the day before for anybody that's listening. It's not military. He had to be at his command for over 24 hours. So overnight and everything like that. So I'm like, I really want to spend time with him when he gets home. I'm sorry, I can't do that. And you know, but that didn't mean like I shut her down. I'm like, but you know, I literally said to her, but next time don't hesitate to reach out. I'm sorry, I can't do it this time, but I totally could be there next time. Or if you need somebody to talk to, I'm here for you. I just, I, my family is my number one priority. So I love how you said that. Um, Diane, I want to thank you so much for being so vulnerable and honest and coming on the podcast to share your story today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.